Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, I just want to repeat our announcement made earlier as you hear the sermon and hear the scriptures read. If something comes to mind that you could share with the rest of the congregation, feel free to do so when that moment, uh, when we reach that moment in the service. Luke chapter 17, the account of the 10 lepers is well known. Probably it's even known well by Sunday school children. But if you were today sick with a dreadful disease and went to see your doctor, I do think you would expect more interest in you rather than standing off a distance and trying to diagnose your condition just to see exactly what the problem is to prescribe some medications or whatever it would take. It wasn't that way in Jesus' day. Lepers were all required to keep a distance from the general population. That's why they had to shout to get Jesus' attention so he could hear them. And he shouts back, telling them what to do. Now, as we go through this account, look for things that seem unusual. For instance, Jesus shouted back to tell them what to do, and what he shouted, or what he told them to do, was go to the priest so they can see your condition. And that wasn't the words, those weren't the healing words. Those were the words the law required Jesus say, to say to a leper who wanted to be examined and certified as clean. The healing was never spoken. Jesus did it without a word. Once they were on their way to the, to the priests, one leper comes back. And he's deeply, not grieving, but he's deeply glad for his healing. But the other nine continue on their trip to the priest to be examined and pronounced clean. Now to be pronounced clean as a leper was very complicated, but then it was very complicated to live a life as a leper. They could not live in a village. They were out in the wilderness, had to find their own shelter and their own food. They could go to a synagogue, but even there they were restricted to a small room that was 10 feet high and six feet square. Lepers could not go into the city of Jerusalem or any walled city of that size. But what's interesting is that leprosy was not considered to be a sin. It was looked upon as an act of God on a person. The leprosy came from God and only God could take it away. And so they created a process to declare that a, when a leper was now clean and that God had removed the leprosy. The, le the, the leper would go to a priest, a bird was killed and this blood was removed. Another bird was dipped into the blood of the dead bird and then released, symbolizing, I guess, the release of the leprosy off of the patient's body. Then the leper person would be cleaned up, he'd be shaved and would be offering sacrifices for his healing. His skin was examined for any sign of the disease and if nothing was found, they were given a certificate of a, that they were cured and I imagine they carried that certificate the rest of their lives. 
So we can understand why Jesus told the ten to go and be examined by the priests. He was adhering to the process that would declare the ten to be free from leprosy, which they were. And the priests would confirm, ironically enough, that Jesus healed them. So Jesus must be God. The ten had to release that they had experienced a miracle because without touching them or even getting close to them, the ten had seen their leprosy disappear from their bodies and no priest could ever make that happen. They knew that they would be declared free and in a very real sense, they would know that God not only had responded to their request and cry for mercy, he had given them a life to live. Now about the nine who did not return to thank Jesus for their healing, we usually give them a pretty hard time about it. Why could you be so thoughtless? But before we go negative on them, let's look at ourselves. How many times have we not been thankful to people for what they do for us, from the smallest things to the greatest things for which you pay them a great deal of money? How many times were we reminded by our mothers to say thank you? How many times have we failed to thank God for blessings we take for granted? Our thanksgiving just rolls off the tongue without any thought behind it sometimes. But you know, this year, and especially this year, more than last year, I think we cannot thank God too much for giving us the health to be in here tonight. Closer than six feet together, wearing masks or not wearing masks, just to be alive today when so many have died and are still dying in hospitals here even in this city, how could we ever think, how, and how could we ever thank God too much for his gift of life? So we need to lead, let this image of the nine walking away from Jesus, let that stay in our heads. So that from time to time, we look upon it to remind us that we need to be where the other leper was, at Jesus' feet, worshiping him, thanking him for the great gift of life he has given us. Now, if you still remember your European history from high school, you may recall that the Black Plague, or the Bubonic Plague, ravaged Europe several times in the Middle Ages and later. And those poor people were sitting ducks. Nobody knew what caused the plague. Nobody knew how to fight it. Nobody knew how to avoid it. They had no information about it. And as a result, they had all the wrong answers and all the wrong procedures. And death was rampant. And homes were destroyed and families were lost. Businesses were shut down until it finally ran its course. In the middle of that, there was a 30 years war. And in that war was a German pastor by the name of Martin Reinhardt. He was said to have buried 5,000 of his parishioners in one year on an average of 15 a day. His parish was ravaged by the war, by disease, by death and economic disaster. And yet in the midst of all of that calamity, in all of that distressing environment, he sat down one time in the heart of the darkness in which he lived, and he wrote this great table grace for his children. 
We sang that grace earlier in, the, in, the, in our service. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things had done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Well, there are two more verses to that hymn now. And I invite you to stand with me now as you are able as we sing verse 3 of Now Thank We All Our God. Stand if you will. It will be on the screen for you as well. <laughs> 